Do you ever have that random health or nutrition question pop into your head, but know that you'll probably send yourself down a rabbit hole of information or misinformation if you try to Google it? Well, in these Q&A episodes, you can let me be your Google. I'm going to be throwing in some of these more uh, Q&A grab bag episodes where I answer questions that come from listeners and from Instagram followers. So if you have a question related to health, wellness, or nutrition, you can leave it for me at bewellwithstuff.com slash podcast. Hey there, and welcome to Be Well with Steph, the podcast. This is the show for you if you believe that personal wellness can be an actively pursued goal, and you're ready to tackle building healthier daily habits with a little bit of good humor, a little bit of grace, and a little bit of coffee. I'm Steph. I'm your wellness and nutrition coach and your host, and I want to make it really clear. You're not expected to be or live perfectly here. Lord knows I don't. After battling diet culture and then learning to navigate the world of wellness culture myself, I know a few things are true. One, it doesn't have to be complicated to be effective. Two, you are capable of creating a lifestyle you love. And three, you have everything you need to start doing that today inside your own beautiful self. On this show, we'll talk about nourishing yourself, moving your body, getting a good night's sleep, caring for your mental health, being in community, and maintaining day-to-day practices that make you feel good. I'm here to help empower you to create and maintain a lifestyle of wellness that gives you the strength, energy, and confidence to go after your wildest dreams. Today's episode is going to address four nutrition-focused questions that came from Instagram listeners. So here we go. The first question is from Shanda, and Shanda wrote, My question is regarding menopause. I've read so many great things about the positive impact of a whole food plant-based diet um, on menopause symptoms, but I'm struggling so much with weight gain in spite of my plant-based lifestyle. I feel like I'm going to have to reduce food intake, even though it's healthy food. That can't be the best answer because then it's hard to get that healthy variety of plant foods in my diet. What am I missing? Shanda, this is such a great question. So many women experience weight gain during menopause, so you're not alone in this at all. And we can partly attribute this to hormonal changes, of course, um, including drops in estrogen. Drops in our estrogen affect our energy levels um, and also our insulin processing. And insulin um, changes and blood sugar changes can affect our hunger levels pretty dramatically. So it's not uncommon for women in this phase of life to end up moving less because you have less energy and eating more calorie-dense foods because of those uh, more intense cravings, which of course, less movement, more food and calorie intake does lead to weight gain. Um, In addition, Aside from just menopause, there is the natural aging process that happens. And as we age, we tend to decrease in muscle tone and increase in the amount of stored body fat that we have. And that slows our body's metabolism. So it changes the way that our body uses calories and manages our own weight. So what do we do about this if it is making us uncomfortable 
or if it is causing body fat to increase around the midsection. Um, the first thing that I would suggest trying is exercise increase over food restriction. I'd actually recommend that to anyone who is looking to manage their weight. Um, if you are eating this, well, I would say anyone looking to manage their weight who already feels like they are eating a nutritious diet or if they're already eating um, whole plant foods. Um, if you are eating the same but increasing your exercise, you are both burning more calories um, and increasing your muscle tone, which again aids in your overall metabolism. So start with increasing your exercise. I then have you take a look at the calorie density of the foods that you choose on a regular basis. Even though we should be eating foods like whole grains and beans and nuts and seeds and other healthy fats on a regular basis, um, maybe our plates are a little heavy on these foods and a little bit light on water and fiber-based foods, aka vegetables and fruits. Uh, portion awareness is an important piece of the puzzle here for everybody. Um, I have recorded a short workshop on this topic of increasing our portion awareness and the nutrients that are in foods and what, you know, standard serving sizes look like, even if we choose to modify those on our own, um, but just increasing our portion awareness. I have a workshop on this topic and I'll link it in the show notes and the blog on this for more explanation and for some visual aids to this. Because even just slight shifts in the way that we balance our plates can make a huge difference in our overall calorie intake. Remember, of course, that reducing calorie intake is not necessarily right for everyone's health. So you do want to talk to your doctor or me or another nutrition professional if you want more individual help with this. I hope that that helps. The next question came from Lindsay, and Lindsay asked, does eating at certain times of the day matter? The short answer is yes. Um, there is substantial research that it is most beneficial to our bodies if we keep three things in mind. One, that we are not eating around the clock. Two, that we are not eating late at night. And three, that we are front-loading our day with the most calories. So let's break this down. Um, one, not eating around the clock. Our bodies benefit from having time to digest and metabolize and use nutrients for bodily and cellular functions. If we're continually inputting food, then the body is allocating a lot of its resources to digestion. Uh, kind of think of it this way. Have you ever tried to work while somebody is continually talking to you? You're taking in words and you're taking in thoughts in and in and in without time to actually think about what they are saying let alone do the work that you're supposed to be doing. When we continually give our bodies food, it's kind of like that. Now, we don't need extreme fasting or extreme windows of eating, but the general recommendation is to allow for at least 12 um, hours of non-eating. So that's if you are done eating dinner around 7 p.m. and you wait until 7 a.m. or after to eat breakfast, you're doing great. The second one was that not eating late at night. Um, eating late at night does make a difference. If you haven't had dinner, though, or you are starving, or you did a ton of exercise, or you got home late, you should still eat dinner. Uh, we don't want to make a habit of super late meals, though, because there, there are substantial links to eating late and all sorts of health concerns like high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor digestion, acid reflux, um, general trouble in sleeping. So we don't want to make a habit of late night meals. We also don't want to make a habit of the late night, uh, what I would call snack accidents, where we're, you know, 
watching TV, winding down for the night, and we accidentally eat the contents of our pantry because maybe we are looking for comfort or we are super tired and our body's looking for energy and that's where cravings set in. So those snacks become calories our body probably didn't need and isn't going to use most effectively. And then the third recommendation is front-loading our day with the most calories. Calories eaten early in the day give us energy for more activity. Um, they also help to prevent intense cravings that we might have later. And they give us time for our body to digest those bigger quantities of food, metabolize the nutrients throughout the day, so that at night when we sleep, our bodies can do um, other important work, like repairing our cells, building our muscle, and improving our brain's cognition and creativity. So it's definitely best to eat the bulk of our calories in like the first two-thirds of the day. So your big takeaways here are to eat those calories early in the day, avoid the late night snacking as much as possible, and give your body a nice window of time to not be consuming. The next question came from Brittany, and Brittany asked, is dairy really bad for you? Now I'm going to reframe this question a few ways for you today. Um, dairy products are foods. Foods all contain different nutrients, and some are either more or less beneficial to our overall health. And dairy products also contain um, protein. They contain calcium, in some instances fat, and those are what the benefits of dairy to the body could be. Okay, dairy is a food. Dairy products are also, however, usually high in saturated fat. Saturated fat does have links to heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's. Um, there are also significant studies that link high-fat dairy to breast cancer. Um, in addition, as we age, our bodies have less ability to break down lactose, the sugar that's in milk, um, and that could cause digestive distress in a lot of people. So for those of you who are like me who cannot digest lactose, then yes, eating dairy could definitely feel bad. Um, there are also people concerned about the fact that there could be contaminants in dairy products, such as hormones from the cows, um, antibiotics that are given routinely to cows, etc., that could carry over into our food supply. And I will just say, lastly, um, that while there could be some argument about the nutrients in dairy being, you know, a potentially beneficial part of your diet or um, having their drawbacks be significant enough to avoid it, you know, there could be some argument there. But I would say that um, dairy in the dairy industry is certainly not a good arrangement for either our environment or the cows. And seeing how dairy is just a food, a food with protein and calcium, I'd strongly encourage you to consider non-dairy sources of protein and calcium, um, thereby in avoiding any links to chronic diseases and being able to live as compassionately toward our environment and animals as possible. The last question for today came from Melissa, who asked, what food groups should always be on your plate? What food groups should always be on your plate? Now, I'm going to take out the word always, and I'm going to replace it with as often as possible. And I'm also going to take out um, the word food groups or the phrase food groups, and I'm going to swap that for nutrients. So I'm going to rephrase Melissa's question a little bit to ask, what nutrients should I prioritize in my meals? And I want you to think about it that way when you think about putting meals together. What nutrients should I be prioritizing in my meals? And then my answer would be complex carbohydrates. Those are carbohydrates that um, usually come from whole grains, 
beans, vegetables, um, they contain a lot of fiber and they're great for energy too. So complex carbohydrates, we of course want to um, include protein and that could be protein from, um, including from plant sources, right? We know we emphasize those, but plant-based protein sources also often include fiber and other nutrients. Healthy fats, healthy fats could be nuts, seeds, avocado, olives, olive oil, and uh, lots of water and fiber and color-rich foods. Color is where we get those antioxidants and vitamins and healthy plant compounds most of the time. So we want to be prioritizing complex carbohydrates, protein, healthy fats, water, and color. For me, usually on the actual plate, this breakdown often looks like something like um, a whole grain or a starchy vegetable like a potato, some kind of beans, maybe chickpeas, lentils, um, soy or tofu or anything made from those products, anything made from beans or lentils, a healthy fat like I said avocado or nut or seed or nut and seed butter like peanut butter or tahini, sunflower seeds, avocado, olive oil. Um, And then about half of the meal of those water and color rich foods like vegetables and fruit. I do have a workshop that goes through this called Balanced Meals Made Easy and I'll link that in the blog and show notes too for you. So there we go. I hope you enjoyed this quick Q&A grab bag about nutrition. Definitely be sure to check the show notes that go with this episode, the blog post that goes with this episode, because it's going to have all sorts of links for you. Links to the workshops I mentioned, links to to some supporting research or articles about these topics, um, and ways that you can learn more. I really applaud you for asking questions about your nutrition, for asking questions about your health, for trying to get to the bottom of what evidence says in order for you to live the healthiest lifestyle you can. If you have other nutrition questions, I would love for you to either send me a DM on Instagram or especially to go to bewellwithsteph.com slash podcast. Go to the bottom and there's a quick little form for you to submit any questions that you want. They could be nutrition questions, but they could also be um, any other health or wellness topics too. So if you have questions about exercise and fitness, questions about um, stress, self-care, mental health, um, maybe starting habits, working with your habits and creating daily routines, questions about how to shift your mindset or to change the way that you think about food, exercise, diet culture, or yourself. Leave all those questions. Nothing is off the table. If I don't know the answer myself, because I'm not an expert in every single health and wellness topic here, um, I will be your personal Google. I will find good sources. I will link them for you. And um, I'll try to give you answers that help you be able to apply information to your daily life. So always happy to answer questions for you. If anything um, struck something in you here and you're like, oh, I wish I could learn more about that. I wish I could implement that in my life a little bit easier. I'm always available for coaching too. You can bewellwithstuff.com slash work with me for free discovery calls and to set up coaching appointments. Cannot wait to hear the rest of your questions and I will be back to chat with you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to Be Well With Steph, the podcast. When there are a million things that you could be doing, I appreciate your choosing to hang out here. And I am proud of you for continuing to work on your own wellness journey. 
I invite you to head over to bewellwithstuff.com for the details from this episode, my blog, upcoming events, and lots of other resources. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love to hear from you. I'm Be Well With Stuff everywhere you like to hang out on social media, so come on over and say hi. Until next time, my friends, be well. Be well, be well. Someday I won't be old.